This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, the digital transformation is impacting almost every business at this point, and we have seen this play out in the medical field as well with things like electronic records, virtual appointments, and more. But can this pivot for healthcare also improve a hospital's operational decisions? That's a question addressed in a recent article in Harvard Business Review. One of the authors of that piece joins us to discuss Hummy Song, Assistant Professor of Operations, Information, and Decisions here at the Wharton School. Hummy, great to have you with us. Thanks for a few moments. Absolutely. Great to be here, Dan. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So from an overall perspective, talk a little bit about the operational side and and the changes that maybe we need to be looking at uh, as we move forward. I think a lot of the focus is really always on the medical side, but maybe we don't focus as much on operations. Absolutely. I think that's exactly right. So when we think about digital transformation and leveraging digital technologies, I'd say we tend to really think about how it can help on the clinical side, things like precision medicine or uh, using AI to detect signs of cancer. But what we really want to highlight with this piece is that there's a real opportunity in using these tools to make big improvements on the operational side. But right now we're not seeing it a lot? Yeah, so far there's not much of it going on, Um, although I will say, of course, there's some exceptions to this in places that are innovating. So in this article, you focus on uh, four key areas, and I wanted to take you through them and let you uh, explain uh, each of them, the first being patient flow. Absolutely. So patient flow, I think, is a great example of how things like machine learning or decision support algorithms can be really helpful. And here's how I would think about it. So every day for every patient showing up to the hospital, you've got to figure out, you know, does this patient need to be admitted? If so, which unit should they be admitted to? Uh, When will a bed be available on that unit? If there's no bed um, available right now, do we keep keep them waiting or should we divert them elsewhere? And, of course, you know, all these questions, it depends on things like when's the next patient discharge from that unit? Are there other patients who are also waiting for a bed? Maybe they're more urgent. And you can see there's so many moving parts. Um, all of them are interconnected. And that just makes it really challenging to figure out what's the best course of action. And the great thing about these decision support tools that we can use is that now you can get some predictions around what's the expected number of admissions, transfers, discharges, and therefore what's the expected wait time for that next bed to open up. And this can be really just useful in terms of helping you decide, you know, where do we route these incoming patients? When do we get the bed turnover process started? So ultimately, really helpful for improving patient flow and also reducing the length of stay. When when you're talking about something like that, do you have to kind of look at it more in generality of what the norm would be for a a particular uh, hospital or institution? Obviously, with something like the pandemic and and the the waves of variants that we've seen, it, it can rise and drop very quickly. Absolutely. So, you know, really important that you get hospital level, hospital specific data, but also incorporating the external trends like you're talking about. All those things can be incorporated as data points into these prediction models. And it's actually really impressive to see how well many of these models perform, which you can obviously always kind of check in hindsight in terms of how they performed based on what actually happened. You also talk about staffing. And that is obviously very much a concern right now with the impact of the pandemic, but even more so about where staffing levels need to be for a lot of these hospitals. 
Exactly. So again, using you know all these tools, you can see that we can actually do a, the algorithms can do a very good job modeling and predicting things like absenteeism rates. Um, you know, also very very much a relevant issue with this latest variant. Um, and just imagine once you put those uh, predictions together, not only in terms of the staffing needs, but also the, st the absenteeism, um, how many patients are expected to show up, all of this can be combined with a good sense of how much extra staffing you should have at the ready on a given day. And this is very different from how things are typically done so far, where when someone calls out sick or doesn't show up, usually there's this last-minute scramble to try to fill that shift. Um, and this is really problematic, especially when you start looking at the research on what happens when you have really inconsistent and unpredictable schedules. Turns out that's a big reason that's driving nurses to quit their jobs, which, mm -hmm. again, doesn't help with addressing the staffing challenge. But to a degree, we do see some of that type of activity going on in other businesses. When you think about, I think at times, how restaurants adjust to the needs of, of how many staff members they have at a particular time of the week. Absolutely. So, you know, this is definitely a topic that um, in other research I've been doing, we've been looking, you know, in healthcare settings, but lots of lessons to draw from retail, from restaurants, et cetera, when it comes to trying to figure out what we can do to do a better job kind of predicting these schedules. And again, I think for me, it really comes down to making it so that providers, in this case, maybe nurses or physicians, Right. Um, it's easier for them to to be able to you know know what their work is going to look like and do a better job when they're there to do it. So talk more about the scheduling side of this because that is, as you alluded to, something that uh, in this time of the pandemic, uh, many nurses and doctors uh, really have have been overrun in terms of the amount of work that they've had to do. And as you mentioned, uh, on a moment's notice, they may be getting a call to come in and fill in for somebody who may have you know contracted COVID and is out for a few days. Exactly. So in, in this piece, actually, we think about that aspect that you just highlighted um, as related to staffing, uh, very much also obviously related to scheduling. But when I think about scheduling and digital technologies, another way I'm thinking about it besides just the, the, human, the, um, the human factors is that you also need to schedule things like all the resources, like the OR time for the surgical procedures that need to happen. And that's a great example of a really expensive resource for the hospital. Of course, then you also have to factor in um, surgeon, am I gonna call in? What's the rest of that surgical team gonna look like? And a big challenge that actually a lot of hospitals face is trying to predict accurately how long each surgical procedure is gonna take, because that has direct implications for you know, which surgeries are going to get done that day, how many can we do, in mm -hmm. what order. And turns out the really important factors to take into consideration are not just the things about the patient's condition and their clinical needs, but a lot of operational factors as well in terms of, you know, what's the size of the surgical team going to be? How much experience do they have working together? What's the, you know, surgeon's other workload that day? What time of day is this thing happening? And, of course, you know, it's much easier for algorithms to account for those factors rather than having a human do it. And um, so you can use these tools that can really help with optimizing this kind of scheduling of these resources, which in turn will help reduce your downstream delays, you know, for patients with surgeries later in the day, mm -hmm. which then, of course, ultimately circles back to the, the staffing issues we talked about, the patient flow issues we talked about, too.
You also, uh, the fourth element that, that you talk about is supply chain, which uh, has been such you know a, a big factor for so many businesses during this pandemic. Tell us a little bit more how you focus on supply chain. Absolutely. Um, I'll say a shocking amount of hospital inventory management is actually still done manually. So there's a lot of low-hanging fruit in just automating this and centralizing the information so it's easier to even just track and order your supplies and also absolutely like you said react to some of these um, unexpected changes in what's going on in terms of a global supply chain um, but more locally i'd say also it's really important to think about you know many of the same types of goods and um, tools are needed across different departments in the hospital so having this kind of inventory management centralized will help with you know thinking about how do you pool and coordinate these supplies across the different departments and this is an area i would say you know there are already some places that are doing innovative things um, like using rfid technologies to to do a better job locating and tracking right. supplies in real time about a minute left when you put all of these together they end up kind of in a mix where they become very important financial decisions for hospitals and hospital systems that can have benefits in other areas when you think about the healthcare side. Absolutely. So I would say actually, you know, this is not only uh, something that would that can lead to big ROI for hospitals financially, but I think perhaps maybe even more important is that it's a really meaningful step forward for patients in terms of improving the quality and the efficiency of care that, that they can get. And when we have a more efficient system, it also means improving the access to, to more patients being able to you know, utilize these services. So I think both from kind of the financial perspective for hospitals, but also in, ter in terms, more generally in terms of having accessible health care. All right. Great to have you with us, Hummy. Thanks very much. Thank you. Hummy Song, Assistant Professor of Operations, Information and Decisions here at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.